T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tumultuous markets as of late. We've seen stocks uh, a lot of pressure to the downside. So we wanted to talk today about bottom fishing, buying stocks when they're on sale, often a great tactic to take and can lead to big, big, thick gains going forward. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. All right, so let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. First of all, Chuck, we wanted to talk about bottom fishing today and and getting good deals when stocks decline in a meaningful way. You know, as we we talk about bottom fishing, A, what what is a meaningful decline? And, And, you know, that's, I guess the the first step to getting uh, to start nibbling yeah that's a good that's a good question i think it matters within the context of what the the broad market is doing in terms of a decline but i i typically would think that you know if if, if there's stocks that you've been have, keeping your eye on and they are now down 15 to 20 percent i think that's a nice level that you could probably start uh, to nibble on them. Now, you know, keep that in mind. Go into this knowing that you're not going to be able to catch an exact bottom. Maybe you're going to get lucky, but you probably aren't. So what you're trying to do now is is, is start to, you know, build a position in a particular stock. And I think you can start to do that building typically um, if a stock is down 15 to 20%, provided, obviously, that it's a stock that you have done homework on uh, it. It is a stock that you think has good long-term prospects. Yeah, don't buy it. There is a... I said, yeah, just don't go in and buy anything just yeah. because, you know, yeah, just it's down. Just because the stock is down doesn't you, mean it's you, a buy. You have but I mean, curated a list ahead of time. <laughs> yes, yeah. A curate, good word, by the way. And uh, exactly, that's that, you know, you've done your homework. You, you know the company. You know, one of the biggest things when you're bottom fishing in stocks is that, you know, you're, you're investing for a longer-term time frame and willing to kind of give up, give up uh more declines in the short term. So you need something that's going to be around for a long time. So obviously, you know, you want to vet the financial position, the balance sheet, and make sure that this company does have staying power. And also, you know, vet its 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 business model. You know, it does it have a business model that's enduring. And if, in fact, you know, the stock is pulled back because the broad market is pulled back, you know, that's an excellent opportunity then to go in and start to buy stocks, uh, you know, to buy a stock like that. So try to evaluate at least the reason why the stock has pulled back. And it may be something as simple as, you know, the broad market pulled back and this was just a stock that pulled back with it, or it pulled back because 
they missed their earnings estimate by a penny, um, and there might be some legit reasons why that happened, and you feel okay that you know this company, you give the company the benefit of the doubt because it's been a pretty good performer and the management seems to be good. Um, you know, another thing to look at, and this doesn't happen a lot anymore, but it's always nice if you're going to go bottom fishing to kind of also, if you can find stocks that are having insider buying done in them, where corporate executives have been stepping up to the plate and, and putting some money into it as well. There you have a little bit further confidence that you're not the only dummy out there that's going to buy the stock on the decline, that in fact, people quote in the know feel comfortable enough of, of buying the stock as well. Well, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, as you mentioned, you get a shopping list together, you wait for that 10 to 15% decline. I've found though, when you re- the best time to buy is especially really, really good companies is when the whole, the market at large is down and everything takes a hit. Uh, that's, I think the, the sweet spot for bottom fishers. And, uh, and then I guess, the, the the next decision when you start getting into that that territory where you're nibbling at what frequency you know a lot of people they always say advice is you know dollar cost average into these really good companies the market's down that's really a great way to bottom fish um how do you know at what intervals like when they dollar caught co- when you dollar cost average with something that has declined 10 15 percent are you do you dollar cost every week? I mean, how do you handle that? Yeah, typically, you know, because of the way I, I would historically answer that question by saying monthly or quarterly, um, you know, every month or every three months. However, markets tend to move more quickly these days in, in either direction. So, you know, if I would say at, at least monthly, and if you're doing something, you know, every other week, uh, I think that's okay too. Once it's hit that kind of initial, let's start buying threshold. Because again, you know, if you wait for it and, and you're going to do it every quarter, I mean, you know, the, the stock it could, could be it could have gone up and down and up and down in that time. Yeah. So I think I think to, if you're going to do those periods of dollar cost averaging, probably to do them a little bit more with a little gr- greater level of frequency makes sense. And and by the way, I do agree with you that you know sometimes. I mean, if you if you if you have a market that's in a strong uptrend and and a stock just got creamed, you know, there it, it might be a little dangerous just to step into the breach without really kind of trying to evaluate why the stock went down. On the other hand, as you said, you know, if the whole market is just getting decimated and if people are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, that is the, probably the best time to start buying merchandise that's sold off because, you know, it, it, the, the fundamental story is still quite strong. It's just that. You know, people are selling stocks in the broad market, and that gets caught up in the selling. That is the best time to to bottom fish, and and you're right about that. By the way, I love when the market gets crushed, like well, like we talked about. You know, they throw the the baby out with the bathwater, and and everything gets crushed. And you've been eyeing a stock uh, for a long time, and the fundamentals are there. Uh, I mean, there's nothing better than just getting in on that. And, and and it's interesting. You spoke to it. Yes, markets move so much now. You know, sometimes I think dollar cost averaging into a position, you might do it over like a handful of days even because market volatility yeah. has been, you know. Yeah, and, so and, and, and oftentimes the stock is going to kind of dictate that for you to a certain extent. I mean, if you go in and buy a stock and it's down 15 or 20 percent and then, you know, 
a week later, it's down 35%. Well, you kind of got to pony up. Now, the, now there are dangers, you know, where a stock keeps going down and then you dollar cost average and it goes down further and it goes down further and it never comes back. And you can point to instances in certain stocks. Whole.com uh, sell-off. Right. And, you know, and, and that's why you need to be careful about the types of stocks you're doing this with. I mean, should you do it with a stock, you know, a tiny stock, penny stock, micro cap stock that, you know, is, is may or may not have decent finances and may or may not have a decent business model and doesn't have any sales or anything? Probably not. Um, should you feel comfortable doing this with, you know, Alphabet? Yeah, you can feel pretty confident that Alphabet's got A, the financial staying power, B, the business model, C, um, you know, uh, long-term growth potential, et cetera, where you can feel comfortable buying a stock like that on decline. So you got to pick and choose your spots. And as you said at the top of the show, I mean, just because something is down 15 or 20 percent doesn't make it a buy. Um, you, you, you still want to buy stuff that, that, as you said, you had vetted, you had watched, you're comfortable with. And now you're just kind of picking and choosing your spot. And if you get that opportunity, then you got to you got to pull the trigger. I wonder often, you know, we were talking about how when markets do slide, you know, historically in the last year, most of the time when you've had any kind of pullback on most major stocks, um, you could buy the dip. You know, if it goes five, 10 percent, you buy that dip. It always snaps back. And we've talked over the last couple podcasts about what if it just keeps going and going and going? How do you control that so you're just not caught into you know, buying stocks, you know, they, they go 10, 15% down. And then, you know, I know you have the long-term perspective, but, you know, you don't want to take a 30 or 40% decline from when you got in when you could have the opportunity just to wait. So how do you, how do you navigate right. it, that? You can do a couple of different things there. One is that you can, you know, if you're really trying to, to buy, and I don't recommend this, but it is in a, a strategy that some people do, is, you know, They'll go in, and when they do start to nibble, they'll put a stop underneath it, a, a stop order that says, listen, I, I think this is a pretty good price, but, boy, if this thing falls another 10%, uh, I'm out, and then I'll, I'll you know, take, a, take another breather and, and see if there's an opportunity to get back in. So you're basically kind of limiting that downside. I don't recommend that because it's difficult setting stops and the right levels and things like that, but it is a way that can guard against you know, buying something and I think just goes down 60% or, or out of business. On the other hand, an, another way you can handle that is, A, you know, you don't do this with just one stock, right? You, you still try to have diversification across a number of different things. And this is a investment strategy of, of bond fishing, and it shouldn't be all of your portfolio. It should be a piece of your portfolio where you do this. And you shouldn't do it with just one stock. You should try to do it with multiple stocks. Again, keeping good diversification uh, in in line. So if you do, you know, get a situation where you do buy one um, that doesn't work out, it's not going to deep six your entire portfolio. Uh, and then finally, you know, you have to draw the line somewhere in terms of averaging down and, and keep buying and keep buying. And what kind of weight does that stock suddenly have in your portfolio? So you need to kind of keep, prudent portfolio management principles in mind as you go about doing this. One, don't, you know, bottom fishing is not a strategy for your entire investable dollars. Two, like any strategy, 
it should be part of the broad, it should be a, a supplement. And then three, you should use good diversification when you do that and, and don't do it just in one stock. But if you get, like you said, a, a, a massive market sell-off, that's going to give you the opportunity not just to, to do it in one stock, but to do it in three or four or five stocks that have been on your watch list and, and do that. If that means maybe investing a few less dollars in each of the investments, so be it. But, you know, if if if, if those work out, you're, you're still going to make plenty of money. And um, – you know, and you're going to be able to control your risk a little bit better. Going to hit Chuck up for some picks here in just a second. Some stocks that maybe he is finding um, attractive right now. But first of all, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's a possibility. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. But let's, first of all, take a break. We'll have Chuck Carlson on the other side, and we'll uh, continue our discussion. So just hang tight, and we'll uh, catch you on the other side. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back with Chuck Carlson, uh, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, and as always, uh, author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. We're talking about bottom fishing here. And another component of, of bottom fishing that I wanted to ask you about, Chuck, is when you look at groups or sectors and uh, say the broader market's down, you see all the airlines getting hit you know, all the major ones, United, Delta, uh, American, you know, just using uh, airlines as an example. Uh, if you see, Chuck, I wanted to get your opinion on when you're bottom fishing and you look at a group, bottom fishing in the group, is that a good idea? Say, you know, United's down a percent, American's down a percent, but Delta's down 4%. All are pretty decent airlines. Uh, do you ever bottom fish within groups when the bro- the broader market's lower? Yeah, it, it, that might give you an indication of maybe a, a, a more uh, significant opportunity. I, I would be careful in terms of maybe using that 
as 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 a, a, a the only signal, so to speak, because oftentimes if you see something that's you see a sector that's weak in line with the market, and then you've got some stocks within that sector that are just getting shredded relative to the rest of the stocks. I tend to kind of maybe play that a little more cautiously. Um, and, and that also drives home the point about, the, you know, there are certain sectors that are probably better suited for bottom fishing than others, all things equal. And when you get into some of the really, you know, high volatility areas, like airlines, for example, um, you know, bottom fishing in airlines is, is not always been the most productive area to go after. You got to be really nimble and, you know, those are there, there's trading opportunities there, but they, they, you know, when I think about bottom fishing, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, let's buy a real quality company that pulls back and one that I'm going to be comfortable with holding on to for the long term because I like the story there. I guess there's also the form of bottom fishing that says, listen, this, you know, Carnival has just gotten crushed so badly that this stock has to bounce, and, and when it does bounce, I'll take advantage of that and get get out of it. And, and and there are certain sectors that are more geared for that sort of bottom fishing, and I would think airlines are in that group. Especially when you're talking cruises, for instance, you know, say uh, Norwegian and some of the other play uh, cruise lines uh, are down only a couple percent, and then Carnival, for some reason, just is taking it a little harder to the chin that could pose an opportunity. But yeah, again, I, I guess you also have to look at the individual cases as well, huh, Chuck? Yeah, it, it, and, and oftentimes in something like that, the, the stock that may be getting shredded the most might be getting shredded for a, 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 in large part because they have the most leverage balance sheet, for example. You know, so, you know, back going back into, uh, you know, March of 2020 when uh, the economy was just tanking, COVID was raging, you saw a lot of these cruise stocks and, and airlines and entertainment stocks just getting just you know take just getting torn apart. The ones that were really getting torn apart were the ones where there was some suspicion whether they were going to be able to stay in business or not. So that is the other thing you need to kind of keep in mind as you if you go into some of those deep waters on some of those stocks, just make sure that they have staying power. And and, and as it turned out, and surprisingly to me, you know that was. I, that was a big concern I had with, you know, the cruise, primarily the cruise stocks back then. It was like, boy, these guys, you know, if this thing, if I mean, if they can't run their business in 18 months, um, and they're probably not going to get government bailout because, you know, they're not predominantly employed by U.S. citizens. Some of them aren't even domiciled in the United States. Uh, there was a lot of public fear against the cruise lines because a lot of people felt they were kind of the initiators of the super spreading of the, so there was a lot of things going. And so the question was, are these guys going to be able to stay in business? Now what kind of miraculously happened is they were able to float debt and people were willing to buy the debt. And, and thus that kind of kept them, kept them afloat, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, you, you need to kind of, that's when you really look at those balance sheets and see if a company has staying power. Um, and, and if they do, that's going to give you, embolden you a little bit more to go buy the stock. But, you know, if, if they don't, uh, I mean, again, the big risk you run on any bottom fishing is you buy stock, buy stock, buy stock, and then the stock goes out of business. And that, uh, that obviously is going to crush your portfolio. And speaking of the cruise lines, I remember, you know, early on in the pandemic, I mean, it wasn't a stretch that, hey, these might be 
closed down for a long, long time, and uh, maybe some of them just get scrapped for metal. Yeah, no, that was that was the, the fear, and I mean, in those stocks, in many cases, you know, they, I mean, they were they were reflecting that. I mean, you had, you know, a company like you know Carnival got down to uh, shoot, what did it get down to? It was as low as eight bucks, you know. So I mean, down from um, fifty-one, uh, you know, a month before or two months before. So. You know, they, th- those were bets on whether the company was going to stay in business. Now, you know, it, 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 tying back to this notion of bottom fishing, if you're somebody who, who you see, you, you know, you get another situation where their stock, you know, stock falls from 52 to eight, that's basically a, a stock where the market is is not really confident that they're going to make it. If, on the other hand, you are confident that they're going to make it for whatever reason, that can present a heck of a buying opportunity, but you know, with anything, risk and return are joined at the hip in the market, and you're going to take on some risk to see if that pans out. And that's why you don't do just one, right? You go out and maybe you do three or four of them, and if one deep sixes, that's fine. But if you can have one or two that really hit big, it's it's you know you're going to make money. So that's that's why you you need to diversify, especially if you're kind of swimming, as I said, in deep waters with some of these stocks that have iffy financial positions if you're if you're uh, bottom fishing in them. Well, let's talk some picks. There's a bunch of stuff that's gone on sale. And, you know, I think that's the, you know, the smart investor goes and buys stuff on sale and then sells that stuff they bought on sale, those stocks they bought on sale when uh, when things start peaking so what's been on your list i mean there's just a ton of stuff that's been knocked down uh you know you look at uh you know tech stocks getting clocked zoom video tesla DocuSign. um also because of the recent you know concerns about covid variant las vegas sands we've talked about the airlines also the cruises i mean there's just a ton of stuff on sale give us a couple things that you've put on a list that you would start nibbling around now. Yeah, the one the one is is and it's, I know it's controversial stock, but controversy oftentimes creates the opportunity. Is you know meta platforms, Facebook. I mean, you're talking about a stock that uh, you know has fallen almost 80 points from its 52 week high of 384. So you're down what 25 percent? Uh, is this the bottom? I I don't know. Do I feel pretty confident that? They've got the financial staying power. Yep. Do I feel pretty confident that they have a pretty dominant business model? Yep. Uh, are there other issues out there, uh, regulatory, et cetera, that, uh, that could hamper the performance of the stock over the next six to 12 months? Absolutely. But if, if you're willing to look past 12 months and, uh, you know, you, it's a stock that you've kind of earmarked that, boy, it'd be nice to have in a portfolio, I think that's a pretty interesting stock right now with a little over $300 a share. Um, that's a stock that uh, that we like. One that that I've kind of personally been watching, and it's you know one one area, Andy, that's you've you've had a real decimation that was a previously a, a pretty hotsy totsy area, where in, in the fintech stocks and, and some of these uh, stocks, uh, you know, kind of a blue chip in that space is is Visa, symbol V. Now Visa has historically been a stock that never really pulls back in, in any big way. And but you're getting a chance now. The stock's pulled back about fifty six points from its fifty two week high of two hundred and fifty two. So again you're looking at a twenty percent pullback in a in a in a big time blue chip type stock. Uh 
I think the pullback is as much been due to kind of the, the group's decline. And, you know, again, is this a bottom in that stock? I I would be kind of a fool's errand to say it's a bottom, but boy, you know, you can buy Visa 20% off. It's 52 week high. That's an interesting stock. One other stock in that space that, that's interesting to me is PayPal. Um, here's a stock that's gone from, uh, 52-week highs, 310. It's $183. So you're talking about stocks down about 140 points or so. So what is that? That's 40% uh, on on a company that you know has PayPal, Venmo is a, is a top-notch player in the the uh, the fintech space. The one thing I do also kind of find interesting, and this gets back to one of the comments that I made that I always feel better if I'm going to bottom fish. Uh, to do it in, in uh, you know, a stock where at least I've seen some insider buying activity, and I believe that stock has had some insider buying activity here of late. So, um, you know, again, is is $183, $180 going to be low for that stock? I don't know. Um, but, boy, you know, I, I wouldn't mind starting to buy that stock at these prices, that's for sure. Where do you go to find uh, – I'm sure a lot of gains listeners would love to – uh, find where's where's your go-to place as far as seeing insider buying? Yeah, you know, I mean, a pretty simple place to go, um, and it's not perfect, and it's not, um, you know, well, one Barron's uh, Financial Weekly, the newspaper covers uh, insider buying each week in in the newspaper. There, you can get a listing of companies. Or it'll show who's buying and who's selling of any magnitude in certain companies. Another place is if you go to the Yahoo's finance site, finance.yahoo.com, if you go there and plug in a ticker, um, you can get a, a lot of information, and there's a lot of links to additional information on a company. And one of those links is a link that says holders, and you can click on that, and you can see who the major holders are of the company, what institutional holders are there, uh, and then you can look at what the, the insider roster, how much do the insiders own, and then you can also look at insider transactions over the last six months or so or over the last two years. So, uh, again, it's not perfect, um, but those are two pretty good sources to try to get insider information. Is that a tool that you often go to, uh, and do you, do you use it more so when you're bottom fishing? I will look at it. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. I will look at it. it, it, it the thing is, there isn't uh, a, as much insider buying that you used to see, uh, and I think part that's partly because now companies, you know, provide options for executives, and you know, executives uh, have a lot of different ways to own the stock uh, as opposed to just going outright into the open market and buying it. So you don't see it as much. And I typically give more weight. That's why I give more weight to insider buying than insider selling. Um, historically, insiders sell a lot more than they buy, but there can be a lot of reasons for that. I mean, it could be you know diversifying their own portfolios. Uh, maybe they got a kid's tuition bill just coming or whatever. You can sell for a lot of different reasons other than you're not crazy about the stock. Taxes. Buying, I mean, there's a million things. Yeah, if you're buying though, that that does say something to me, and that's why I give more, much more import to uh, when I see insiders insiders buying than than uh, when I see them selling. And that's an easy, you know, it's an easy free place to go just to kind of get an idea of what 
what insiders have have been doing. What other areas do do you uh, look at right now? Uh, I, I I find Nvidia's pulled that back a little bit. That's kind of attractive to me. Uh, Tesla is very interesting. Um, you know, thinking of Tesla, your Rivians, your Lucid Motors, those kind of stocks also getting hit here. How do you feel about? bottom fishing and dipping into high flyers is is that a yeah that, a that gets idea? a little spicier because it's you know it, it, it's difficult to get a handle on what a, a true valuation is for those companies and so when they get so excessively overvalued or seemingly overvalued uh, it's it's hard then to know what is a good value on a company like a rivian for example which you know, that came out of the blocks and was like, you know, it had its IPO and was like a house on fire and went up to $179. And now it's back back down to $104. So I think falling 75, 75 bucks in a uh, fairly short period of time was, was, is it, is it still, a, is this a good value? Well, I think the company's only produced what 150 cars. So, you know, it, it, those are harder for me to play because, you know, there there wasn't much to go on in terms of valuation, why it traded so high, and I find it a lot difficult to try to figure out, boy, this is a good opportunity. Yeah, the stock price is down, and at least you have that in your favor. At least you know you're not buying it at the top. But, you know, is a, a stock like Rivian, I mean, is the true value of that stock 50 bucks, um, 25 bucks, or, or is it 104? I have, I, to me, that's a little bit more of a danger of of doing dollar cost averaging because I don't have a track record. I don't have the stock doesn't have any seasoning. I can't go back and say, okay, this stock, you know, two years ago traded around this level and this was a good support level. So they're really hard to kind of chart jockey too. So I would caution approaching those sorts of stocks um, in terms of in terms of bottom fishing and dollar cost averaging. Quite frankly, the one valuable lesson. You know, looking back to even the dot-com days when you're bottom fishing, there were a ton of stocks that you could have bought that looked like they had a ton of potential back during the dot-com thing where you just kept buying and buying. Oh, it's, you know, it's getting knocked down. It's getting knocked down. And a lot of those don't even, a lot of those companies and stocks don't even exist anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's the huge risk is that you're, you know, your, your money just dissipates and, and evaporates and, uh, Pets. that's why, you know, you get a, if, if you're, you're, you're gonna really play the, the speculative areas in the market and by bottom fishing, you need to a limit it to some extent as a portion of your portfolio and B diversify that approach. So don't just go out and buy one crazy stock. Um, you know, try to try to buy buy more than just one of them, and and hopefully one will hit, and make up for the multitude of sins on the others that don't hit. Horizon Investment Services, you have a um a, a website more that's kind of more for the gains listeners, and it's more in growth and more of the speculative stocks. So as we wrap up today, give our gains listeners that information, and give me one other thick, juicy uh pick that uh you like before i let you go well that website is is um and and that's that's run by uh the publishing side of our business horizon publishing uh and that uh website is upsidestocks.com 
And uh, that's a, that, that website and, and indeed that newsletter, uh, the accompanying newsletter focuses on small and mid-sized companies. And uh, it, it does a, a really good job of covering that space. And, and as you said, that's, a, that's probably a, a space that might be a little bit more uh, interesting to to your listeners in the sense of the the uh, you know small smaller smaller companies oftentimes they have uh, you know lower lower prices stock per share prices attached to them et cetera um, and and it's a uh, it's a nice service and you can get a, you can start a free online 30 day trial of that newsletter at that website the website again is upsidestocks.com and and uh, a name from there, that's uh, probably you know some of the names in, in that uh, from that newsletter that are, are worth watching. One that uh, looks particularly interesting is a semiconductor stock. It's uh, Alpha and Omega Semi. Symbol is A O S L, and that's one of the stocks that we like quite a bit. It's actually been performing very well. This is not a bottom fish. Um, it, it's a stock that has. Had pretty good price momentum, but we think it's it's offering pretty uh, you know a, a nice uh, uh, further upside. And again, that's a in that small cap space, and that's one to take a look at. So that's Alpha and Omega Semi. Symbol is A O S L. And the newsletter website again is UpsideStocks.com, and that's put out by our. Uh, sister company, Horizon Publishing. Uh, before I let you go, Chuck, are are you nibbling right now uh, in this? The, you know, since we've had this recent uh, pullback, a little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was doing a little nibbling even before the pullback. Which, you, you and me I, both. I, you and me both. I, you know, I. But again, that's the thing. That's the point, isn't it? You're not going to be able to. Uh, you know, you you do your best. You call your shots. Stock is down. Let's nibble a little bit. It doesn't usually work out instantly for you, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I go back to the time, for example, back in, in when 9/11 happened, and yeah, as you remember, Andy, the market was closed for the remainder of that week, and then when it re- when it opened, the market just tanked. And some indicators that we had were, were saying, you know, I don't know if this is the bottom, but it looks like stocks are probably offering a reasonable value and so if, if if anybody nibbled there was a little bit of an uptick and then there was a really a, a, a significant decline that occurred then in 2000 or in 2001 2002 and uh but you were awfully glad you did that nibbling when the market took off in 2003 and didn't look back and that's kind of what we're saying here sometimes you gotta you know you gotta be patient with this stuff but but again if you do it in, in decent stuff when it comes back, you can come back with a vengeance, and you're going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, discipline's always a a good thing to have. And then if you really believe in something, stick with it. Uh, I know uh, for degenerate risk takers like myself who, you know, a big part of this is also entertainment. Uh, you know, it, it's not nearly fun to hold losers, but uh, sometimes you have to, and sometimes you get paid in a big way by doing so. Yeah, and again, I'm not. Uh, this is not advocating holding losers. This is advocating, you know, doing your homework up front, developing, curating that that watch list, and then and then seizing the moment, and understanding that you may, you know, the idea may take a little bit of time to work out. So it's it's not necessarily holding a loser as much as being patient with what you think is going to be a future winner, especially if the broader market is down. 
Exactly, exactly, and that's key. I mean, if 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 a, if the stock seemingly is getting beat up for no other reason than the broad market is down, that that is a much stronger green light to go to go take advantage of it. All right, Chuck. Always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Thanks for uh, uh, giving us some juicy picks and uh, kind of breaking down tactics. Uh, you know, bottom fishing tactics as we've seen these markets pull back. Again, that's Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. And as he mentioned, uh, definitely check out his website that is specifically more or more in line for what kind of the gains listeners are looking for, and that's UpsideStocks.com. Thanks again, Chuck, and we'll have you on again soon. Very good, Andy. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap up our Gains podcast. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You'd be really doing us a solid. I hear that's podcast gold. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We're back on Tuesday. We're bringing Paul Hockman in, and we are going to talk technology, robots, AI, real game-changing stuff, so you're going to want to tune in. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Tuesday. A News Radio WBBM podcast, powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.